This is the Summit Life Ministries audio experience. Hi, welcome to the Age Changer Show brought to you by Summit Life Ministries. My name is Herman Furrow. This is Lynn Furrow, my husband and founder of Summit Life Ministries. I make her say that each and every time, by the way. No, not really. Our mission is to elevate the church's vision to see our identity through God's eternal purpose, to equip believers to live with an eternal perspective, and to empower believers to live supernatural lifestyles and faithful obedience. Why are those things so important? Because those are the things God has shown us, and there are values of what we want to see happen in the body of Christ. That's right. Yeah, we want to elevate people's vision to 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 focus on those things that are above eternal things. And we want to develop heavenly mindsets, mm-hmm. heavenly mentalities. We want to see our minds transformed to where we can interact more and more with the reality of heaven, uh, experiencing greater dimensions of kingdom life. Because that's the real stuff. This is the real things of life. And if we know that Christ is seated and we're seated together with him and he's resourcing us out of the wellspring of his very own life, then what we want to do is we want to live a life that is uh, empowered by faith. Yes. His faith being matured within Mm -hmm. us to believe for all that he wants us to believe for, but then that we walk it out. That it becomes a reality here on earth, just like it is in heaven. Because if we don't walk it out, then we really don't believe it. No, heaven remains, the unseen realm remains invisible. Mm. And God wants that which is unseen to be made known by us, that that it takes shape and form uh, through the life of faith that we express in our obedience, in our words, in our actions. So the, the, the statement I keep making to people is, why wait till you die before you experience heaven? Mm-hmm. When God wants us to partake of heavenly realities and live our life based on eternal certainties, because we have inherited and received an unshakable kingdom. Mm-hmm. So I was listening to Bill Johnson uh, a few weeks ago, and he was teaching about the disciples being in the boat. And I've taught out of that message uh, or that passage of scripture myself. And I call call the, the apostles in the boat, the boys in the boat. <laughs> <laughs> and... I can't imagine what it was like. I can somewhat, but I fully cannot imagine what what life was like uh, with those apostles and the Lord's engagement and him trying to draw them out into the mystery of this life of faith and experiencing life with him, interacting with him. But Jesus lived his earthly life so differently mm-hmm. than how most men live life. And, and that's why some of what he shared with us was so counterintuitive, counter-revolutionary 
to every mindset, mentality, perspective. Mm -hmm. and, and he just comes and overthrows <laughs> our human worldview and viewpoint. Yeah. He tells us, you guys are consumed about what you're going to eat today, tomorrow, what you're going to wear. You, you're just filled with anxiety about the future and what the future holds. And, and, and you're compounding your stress and your anxiety and your worry. And so you carry tomorrow's troubles on yourself today. And he goes, don't worry, be happy. Yes, Lord. <laughs> take no thought. <laughs> he said, don't take one moment of, of your brain power and your brain's energy and to focus it upon tomorrow. He said, because, you know, tomorrow's evil and difficulty is going to be, uh, you know, or the difficulty that you're experiencing today is going to be enough for you to deal with. Why, why do you want to try to compound it and cram it all today uh, in all in one day and allow it to compound, to crush you? Why, why do you want to just spend your day being crushed under the weight of things that you're not even in control of. And so he said, your father in heaven mm. knows how to take care of you. Yeah. He said, don't you see the examples of how he sustains and propels his creation? Even against threats of people doing the wrong things, uh, to try to maybe even destroy creation, he said, but God takes care of even the very smallest of his creation. Even the... And how much more? And But he said, how much more <laughs> is your value to him than all of these? And so God invites us into a heavenly lifestyle of rest. Mm -hmm. I've gone to, you know, as a pastor, I, I've preached many funerals. And so I have been with families at, at grave sites. And one of the odd curiosities that sometimes I get drawn into is that while I'm waiting for family to arrive or while the funeral director and, and people that are attending the family are getting things set up, there are those moments where I'm able to just reflect upon my surroundings and I see all these headstones and I wonder what this person's life was like. And I look at how long they lived. And, but there is one phrase that is chiseled in the granite more often than not. Rest in peace. <laughs> yeah. They only think that that's possible in heaven. Mm. And that, that, that's not true. I, I am going to rest in peace in heaven because I'm with the resting God. I'm going to be with peace. the God of peace who is able to stabilize and, and, and bring that which seems to be disjointed and disfragmented into a cohesive whole again because I will be perfectly restored. But I don't want to wait till I die before I rest in peace. I want to learn to take his yoke upon me and I want to learn mm -hmm. to rest because it said there is a remaining promise that others fell short of it mm -hmm. that that remains for us to experience and to walk in and to fulfill mm -hmm. and that's a promise of rest. 
that a sufficiency of God is enough, that the sustaining power of God is enough. Did you decide to just preach at me this episode? <laughs> this is this thing that I'm working on, walking in rest. And... In between episodes, I said, Jesus, what does she mean <laughs> today? No, I'm saying that our faith yeah. is being developed by Jesus to come into a fullness. Yeah. And a part of that fullness is an understanding of the sufficiency of God. So let me get back to the example. <laughs> So what an amazing journey it must have been for the disciples to walk with Jesus. So they're in this boat. And Bill Johnson said, many people have talked about Jesus sleeping in the middle of that storm. And so our initial instinctual reaction of Jesus sleeping is, boy, he must have been exhausted. <laughs> that's our experience yeah uh, you know just blocking out everything that's going on you know and and we've joked about some of our children you know mm -hmm. they could sleep through anything yep. I can remember I was so exhausted after arriving into India uh, after being in flight and in transit for uh, nearly 20 some hours mm -hmm. And I'm not a person that I can sleep deeply while on an aircraft because people are up and down. And, you know, if you're by the person who has a small bladder, they're, they're asking to, to be, uh, you know, excuse me, can I get by you? And, and you're just about to doze off and they have to get up. And, and those become Christ forming moments as you just patiently endure. And, and, you know, you can't get fully comfortable and, and you have somebody's knees pushing up against your seat, <laughs> jarring your head. But I was so exhausted that we finally got into the final uh, leg of the journey. And it was about three and a half, four hours away from our final destination. But we had to do this by car. And we all crammed our luggage into the car. And I was in the back seat. And the back seat was so hard. Uh, it wasn't a, it, it was a very small sedan, but I can remember, and, and I also felt like I tapped into a heavenly reality. I was tired, but the driving and the roads and how they drive in India, uh, I just pledged my head to heaven for the gospel. <laughs> and I just said, I don't know if I'll survive this journey. <laughs> but I'm at rest that I will be with you mm -hmm. if we're killed in the crash. <laughs> and I, I, I remember putting my head down and, <laughs> and sometimes I would feel this massive swerving and it would jar me enough, but I slept the rest of the time. And some of the brothers remarked, they said, you slept the whole time. And some of us were gripping the side <laughs> of the handles and, and, and gripping the front of the car. We didn't know if we were going to live, you know, getting to our destination. Well, Jesus was not just exhausted. As a matter of fact, I don't think he was exhausted. Uh, and Bill Johnson made this statement. He said the reason why he was so restful and resting is because there's no storms in heaven. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. Listen at that. Uh, the reason why he could fall asleep and he had told them we're going to the other side is because 
he knew that they were going to the other side because he told them that. He said, didn't I tell you that we were going to go to the other side? There was such a confidence of, of you know, mm-hmm. being in the very center of the Father's will, but also confident in love, walking out of fullness of faith. But his reality was very different than the viewpoint of those fearful, nervous men that were in the, in the boat with him. Mm-hmm. Because he was living out of a heavenly reality that gave, grounded him to eternal certainties. And that was that in heaven, no storms exist. And so when he got up from there, because they go in a panic, waking mm-hmm. up Jesus and saying, you don't love us anymore because you you signed us up to go on a trip with you. And, <laughs> and it's a trip to kill us all. <laughs> How many times have, have we falsely accused the Lord and challenged his goodness and his nature and his character by saying, you, you love me, you love me not. You love me, you love me not. Sounds like our marriage, right? <laughs> she loves me. <laughs> she loves me. She loves me not. No, I, I often kid with her, uh, and it's just my way. I'm so desperate for her affections. Uh, instead of saying, can you tell me you love me? I'll just come up to her and say, you don't love me anymore, do you? <laughs> and she'll go, you know I love you. And so inside, my reverse psychology has been working. I got her to say it again. <laughs> She loves me. Um, But that's the way we are with the Lord many times. Oh, Jesus, you love me. I feel your love. And the very next day when our boat is taking in water, we go, don't you love me? You don't love me anymore. (laughs) You know, the daisy petal. He loves me today. He loves me not. Stop it. (laughs) I'm telling you, stop it. Because Jesus got up and he... He basically tells them, why are you so fearful? Mm -hmm. I told you what was going to happen. That's where your faith should be. Your faith Mm -hmm. should be possessing the promise of what I said to you. And I said Mm -hmm. that we're going to the other side. I didn't say, I have faith that we're going to get to the middle. But (laughs) after that, (laughs) all bets are off. You know? He, he said, I told you we're going to the other side. Why are you so fearful? And he got up and this is what he did. He released what was inside of him mm-hmm. because his heart was connected to heaven. Mm-hmm. The, re- the reality of Jesus's heart reflected the reality of heaven. And he said, peace, be quiet. He released what was on the inside of him, and that was the environment of heaven. So we need to ask ourselves, are we, are we rooted in a reality mm-hmm. of heavenly certainties, ultimate uh, things that, that are going to come to pass? A phrase that I'm loving more and more, um, it shall come to pass. You know, there are, there are eternal certainties that God has decreed, that God has said, I have established this, this is the way Mm -hmm. it's going to be. Carmen, there is no reversal of fortune with the Lord. Mm -hmm. He's he's not going to get, his kingdom is not going bankrupt. Mm -hmm. He's not running out of resources. 
and the resources of his kingdom. It isn't because of the about. It's not about the kingdom. It's about the king in the kingdom. Like when Jesus said, "I'm I'm That's thinking right. about when he was talking to Martha, and he's like, Martha, the reason that the resurrection is going to happen isn't because there's this time and a place, and it's going to be about the resurrection. It's because I'm there, right. and I it's am not the an event. It's yeah. it, the event is going to happen." Because I'm going to be there. Right. So this kingdom that we talk about isn't because we're all going to get to the kingdom. It's because Jesus is the king in the kingdom, mm -hmm. but he's not just there. We have his spirit. That's so right. So the kingdom is within, within us. us and among us. So we don't defer. That's right. So eternal certainties dictate reality. Yeah. Because God has determined according to the good pleasure of his will that these things shall come to pass. There is a reality that permeates everybody in heaven mm. that they know this is the way it is. Because the big guy said so. <laughs> and he, he, he does it. everything according to his will. Yeah. And we know it's good because that's who he is. Right. Everything that comes from him, every mm -hmm. gift, every expression of his uh, nature yeah. has the ultimate outcome of the revelation of that nature. And that is goodness, kindness, mm -hmm. mercy, grace, love, yeah. his peace. So God wants those certainties and then that reality of of life experience in heaven based on those certainties and that reality to inform our circumstances right now, mm -hmm. changing the way we see things and the way we live our life. And so we can be in the middle of a storm and, and be asleep hmm. because there's no storms in heaven right. and this too shall pass. So any, any temporary turbulence, any type of, of manifestation of darkness that we encounter is not a permanent arrangement. Any fiery trial that is to try you. That's right. We can try to make something permanent and create our own reality if we invite darkness mm -hmm. and open doors for through our fear to allow darkness to invade. Just as we want faith to open, mm -hmm. open up our heart to receive more of heaven. So the reality of heaven. And I, I've seen people perpetuate tests, mm -hmm. put fuel in the fiery trial mm -hmm. to where it burns more. It's a fire that gets out of control, consumes not only themselves, but others based upon what they permit uh, darkness to do based upon the fears that are that are possessing mm -hmm. them. And so we want to close the door. We want to say we're going to give no place to the devil uh, to make that the reality of our lives. We want to be like Jesus. This too shall pass. I said we're going to the other side. We're not going to drown. The boat's not going to sink. Uh, we're going to get where God is taking us. Yeah. Um, but there must be a, a, a faith that is possessed and matured by the people of God that we make sure that we're, we're 
exporting into our lives, kingdom reality. Now, I want to go back because we're, we're running out of time in this episode. I want to go back to Colossians <laughs> chapter 3, which is Sorry, the text I that I wanted to. to. <laughs> no, it, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, Colossians 3, 3, but we mentioned in the last episode mm-hmm. this one phrase, if then you be raised with Christ, there's implications. Mm-hmm. And that is that we're raised not only from something, but unto something. And it says, if you've been raised with Christ, our primary focus then is to seek the things that are above. I want to add one word just to paraphrase it. To seek the things that are going on Mm -hmm. above in the unseen realm. Where? Where Christ is. And then Paul helps us understand where Christ is. He is seated at the right hand of God. Mm -hmm. Every one of those phrases are loaded with powerful biblical content. Because where Christ is, in how and where he has been seated, at the right hand of God. That phrase means that he is in the closest position, the closest um, posture and place that anybody could be in relationship to God. The right hand always refers to the place of highest favor. Mm -hmm. In our culture, we really don't understand that. Um, but in biblical cultures and ancient times, if, if you were a king, if you were a person that, you know, had a position, you had influence, authority, power, that when it came to being seated around the table, you knew what the king thought about you Mm. based on how you were seated at the table. Mm Mm-hmm. And that if you are offered the right, on the right hand of the king, if you are offered to sit with him at some banquet table or in some courtroom, throne room, you are at the right hand. You, that, that, was, that was a symbol that the king had given you the highest favor, that he had given to you the highest honor, And more than likely, you are being positioned in a way. And so more than likely, the places that were the the king offering the right hand or the right chair of that, it was the future heir of all the kingdom. Mm. So the, the king would have his son, the one that was going to inherit the kingdom, would be positioned there. And so it says, if we've been raised with Christ, we're to have this heart, and we'll unpack that in the next episode, of what it means to be a seeker of those things that are above. We should have the heart of a seeker, someone that is constantly inquiring on what is going on in that realm, where Christ is, Mm -hmm. because... He is now, as a human being, Mm -hmm. on the inside, 
and has been shown and given the highest favor in heaven. He's been blessed in the greatest way possible than any human being and anyone, even far above the highest angelic rank in heaven. Because Hebrews 1 tells us that he has been anointed with an oil of joy far above Mm -hmm. any other person that is an inhabitant of heaven. That God has highly favored him, highly anointed him, preferred him, seated him, and basically said, uh, my throne is your throne. My seat is your seat. And because of that, Christ is now living a human, a heavenly ex, uh, existence in a human experience. Wow. On our behalf. A heavenly reality, but experiencing something that human beings have never experienced before. He's been given the royal treatment. <laughs> in the fullest sense of the word. And he's doing it, receiving it, receiving what the father wanted to give him, but he's not just receiving it for himself and saying this this power, this possession, this inheritance is all mine and I'm laying claim to it and it's mine and I'm not sharing it with others. No, he accepted this place in heaven, this exaltation in heaven with us in mind, saying, I'm doing this, I'm taking this, not just for myself, but for my family, my new human family, mm-hmm. that I'm now the head of. It's good. And I'm going to make sure that they also share in the same life experience, this heavenly experience that I'm enjoying now as a human being that has been raised from the dead. Because if we were raised with him, back to Colossians. And we get to do that next time. That's right. (laughs) Um, So I want to finish today by making this statement. And we'll set this up for the next episode. Many believers live their lives disconnected from the life that Christ is living right now in this moment. And if you're a Christian, if you love Jesus, oh, you are living far below the standard of life that he has for you if you're living disconnected from the life that he is living and experiencing right now. Love you guys. I hope this has provoked you uh, to spiritual thinking and that you reorient your world on how you allow God to renew your mind and your heart in Christ Jesus. Love you guys. Bless you. If you have any questions, you can check us out at summitlifeministries.com. Please like and share this video. God bless you. What's up, everybody? This is Josh Furrow from the Summit Life Ministries team. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, and have a blessed week.